Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the WIA National News Service for week commencing the 23rd of October. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. Many people in many countries were saddened by the sudden passing of Keith Malcolm, VK1KM, on Thursday, 13th of October. Professionally, he retired as Joint Director of the Communications Laboratory of the Spectrum Management Agency, then to become a consultant to the Department of Communications in relation to digital television broadcasting and television black spots. He attended many ITU meetings as a member of the Australian delegation and became widely known and respected. Keith's interest in amateur radio started in the 1960s in the very active Melbourne VHF group. He became the group's president in the latter years of the 1960s and his interest in VHF continued all his life. As he wound down his professional life, he contributed a great deal to amateur radio, participating in the preparatory meetings and study groups for the World Radio Communication Conferences on behalf of the WIA and as a member of the Australian delegation to WRC 03 and WRC 07, representing the amateur service and nominated by the WIA. He provided valuable advice to IARU Region 3 in relation to its participation in the APT's APG and valuable advice to the WIA in the standards area, particularly in relation to BPL and also in relation to radiation exposure. Keith was known for the ability to express complex concepts simply and a rare skill with written language. Keith was awarded the WIA Ron Wilkinson Award in 2005. The WIA, an amateur radio, is much poorer with the passing of Keith, an unassuming man of great knowledge and experience, who gave much through his representation and participation at the highest levels. You're listening to WIA National News on most amateur bands throughout New South Wales from VK2WI Sydney and affiliate relay stations. For details of frequencies, visit www.arnsw.org.au. Starting next Friday, the Scout Members Amateur Radio Team will be working with the special call sign Victor India 6 Charlie Hotel Oscar Golf Mike for 72 hours straight from our club shack in Perth, Western Australia. To celebrate the occasion, 52 of the world's leaders, as well as Her Majesty the Queen, are descending on Perth as well, under the guise of a Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. Victor India 6 Charlie Hotel Oscar Golf Mike, also known as VI6 Chogham, will be operating on all bands, using digital modes, SSTV and voice. We'll even be doing our best to make contacts via satellite in the afternoon passes. 
If you're in VK6, we'd love your help in manning the microphone or attending as an onlooker. And if you're in any other state, we'd appreciate the contact. Keep an ear out for us next weekend from Friday the 28th to Sunday 30th of October. For more information, including our real-time logbook, visit www.vi6chogm.com. I'm Miles, VK6, Mike Alpha Bravo. Each day in November is a VK100 ARV day. The roster for the special course on VK100 ARV to be part of Amateur Radio Victoria's Centenary Celebrations has been made public. Scout Radio and Electronics Unit will kick it off on Melbourne Cup Day. Fitting around the DATV and the digital SSTV slots is Keith Proctor VK3FD Chasing DX. The Western and Northern Amateur Radio Group is on for five days and the Sun Radio Radio Group for three. Individuals include Joe Walsh VK3XH, Luke Steele VK3HJ, Peter Freeman VK3PF, Terry Murphy VK3UP and Tony Hambling VK3VTH. And the roster can be seen at www.amateurradio.com.au. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Pretty shortly around VK, but first, WIA Director Phil Waite joins us. Hello, Graham. Hello, listeners. I thought I'd uh, tell you this week about two of the activities that I'm personally involved in with the WIA and um, how we're progressing. The first one is the New South Wales review of its planning policies and, in particular, how it affects radioameters in relation to antenna heights. The WIA will be lodging its own submission to this review, but it's very important that as many people as possible lodge independent submissions. After all, power is in numbers and the greater number of people we can show lodge submissions, the more influence we are likely to have. Details can be found on the WIA website at www.wia.org.au. The second issue I want to talk about is how we're doing in relation to emergency communications. We now have a considerable number of radio amateurs who have been accredited as WIA emergency communications operators. Those people who have been accredited will soon be receiving an identity card from the WIA office. We have also been working on establishing regions so we can easily contact emergency communications operators if the need arises in their area. We are also in the process of appointing regional coordinators whose job it will be to get to know the operators in their areas and act as the first contact point should we be requested to provide assistance. The first task of those regional coordinators will be simply to get to know people in their area and give us feedback about the needs of their local emergency organisations. I hope to be able to tell you more about this shortly, but for now this is Phil Waite, VK2ASD, for the WIA. From VK1WIA, this is the National News Service. Tune in today, focus on tomorrow. Hams across Australia and Dawn Patrol Net, 30 years of operating by Leith Martin, VK2EA. 
14 stalwarts logged into Leith's 30th anniversary dawn patrol net on Wednesday. Thanks to those who did, and thanks to Leith from all of us for his sterling service. We certainly look forward to having you around for some time to come, Leith. Over the next weekend, that's October 29 to 30, the Port Stephens Amateur Radio Club will be hosting a foundation examination and assessment weekend. Now, if you wish to do an upgrade, they'll also be happy to help you next weekend. For more information, contact Lee. Lee's email address is vk2kal at wia.org.au. And Northern New South Wales and want to become a licensed ham operator, the next Foundation Weekend course in the area is planned for 29-30 October. So contact Duncan, VK2DLR, to book a place on the course. Duncan's telephone number, 6628-1337. In VK4, Trek members in far north Queensland are battering down for the first big wet of the season. Trek is also planning for the CQ Worldwide DX contest that will be held next weekend. This contest is one of the premier ham contests. We will be entering as a club and hope that the current solar conditions remain good. Members are looking forward to working some rare DX as this contest brings many ham stations out of the woodwork and onto the bands. This has been Dale, VK4DMC, and you're listening to the WIA News. Travel well. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1WIA. What use is an F-Call? So you've got your shiny new F-Call licence. Now what? Where do you go to get your kit? What do you buy and how much should you spend? Let me start with the amount of money you should spend. It's your hobby, your wallet and your budget. You can get a radio for $20 or $2,000. It all depends on how much you can afford. What I can tell you about money is that the radio is only one part of the purchase. If I look at my own setup, less than 30% of what I spent went to the radio. My antenna represents nearly 40%. Power supply comes in at 20% and the balance was spent on tools like a crimper and accessories like a remote microphone. I must point out that this is for a setup that can work all bands. The antenna part of the budget consists of two antennas, a ready-made one and an antenna tuner, squid pole mount and a homemade ground plane with antenna wire. I thought that it would be interesting to gather some statistics from other amateurs and I've put up a survey on the HARG site under the F-Troop section at harg.org.au. That's Hotel Alpha Romeo Golf.org.au. To gather some data on this and to see if what I spent was as representative as I think it is. Based on the results so far, I spent less than the average on my radio and more on my antenna. And as I suspected, I spent too much money on my power supply, the one I don't use very often. But I have two, batteries, and 240 volts regulated, so we'll see how that turns out for me. Feel free to fill in the survey and see how your spend compares to that of the average. The purpose of me telling you all this is to give you a sense of how much of your budget might be allocated to different parts. As one respondent to the survey said, what budget? Again, this is your hobby, your wallet and your decision. You can spend as much or as little as you want. For me, I spent lots on my antenna because I figured I'd be broadcasting with 10 watts. I'd better make sure it actually gets out. I already spent much time experimenting with other amateurs, their radios and antennas. 
I expect to do more of it. Back to the topic at hand. What do you buy and where? The two are related. I could spend the next hour telling you about all the places you should look, but that list is ever-changing. A better way to do this is to talk to other amateurs and discuss this with them. There are many websites that have amateur radio reviews and opinions, which will give you a guide as where to look and where to avoid. Personally, I've purchased from several suppliers and used the eHAM website as a guide to getting a range of views on a particular piece of kit. I'm not going to highlight any particular supplier other than to say I purchased all my kit, except for my crimping tool, locally here in Australia. I chose my suppliers based on discussions I had with each of them, discussions I had with some of the amateurs I'd met, and I took my time. I received my license in December and I started spending money in March. The time in between I spent doing research. Finally, something that took me by surprise. When I bought my radio and antenna, I wasn't done spending money. I had to organise a power supply, wiring, fuses, connectors, coax cable, crimping tools, mounts, antenna hardware, multimeter and things like a clipboard, a logbook and other paraphernalia. What I'm saying is, 40% of my spend was on things other than the radio and the antenna. So leave some money in the kitty. I'm Ono, VK6, Fox Lima Alpha Bravo. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News. In Mildura, it can be heard on VK3RMA 146.800 every Sunday at 9.30am. International News with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW world's youngest nation joins ITU. The International Telecommunication Union has announced that the world's newest country, South Sudan, has joined the ITU to become the union's 193rd member state, effective from the 3rd of October 2011. Amateur Radio featured well at the IAC 2011. Amateur Radio featured in several papers presented at the 62nd International Astronautical Congress held in Cape Town. Several papers highlighted amateur radio involvement in satellites and SETI. One paper covered a global geographical survey of received signal strengths in the VHF band. Data collected by Sumbandilasat SO67 provides useful information for selecting future ground station locations for minimum interference. The study further gives an indication of frequencies to use for command and telemetry communication at existing ground stations. SARL responds to Cape Town City re-antennas. Still in South Africa, and the SARL has responded to a draft telecommunications infrastructure policy for the city of Cape Town. During discussions, the city's environmental agency confirmed that amateur radio antenna masts and structures are excluded from the telecommunications infrastructure policy. The SARL has requested that the amateur radio exclusion statement be incorporated in the policy. However, amateur radio towers under 15 metres are exempt from environmental scoping as laid down in the Environmental Protection Act. German debut for Follow My Leader radio system. Fairfax News are reporting on a technology that permits Follow My Leader operation for a pair of tractors, one of which would be unmanned. Poised to debut at an upcoming show in Germany, European tractor giant Fendt 
says it allows two tractors connected by satellite navigation and radio communication to operate as one unit with the second driverless machine replicating the tasks being performed by the leading tractor driver. With the radios turned off, both tractors work independently. Bletchley Park wins lottery funds. Bletchley Park Trust has been granted £4.6 million from the Heritage Lottery Fund towards the regeneration of Bletchley Park. The investment will enable the restoration of iconic code-breaking huts 1, 3 and 6 and create a world-class visitor centre and exhibition in the currently derelict Block C as soon as the £1.7 million in match funding has been raised. Not only will this development allow the conservation of buildings of highly significant heritage value, it will considerably improve the educational offering and visitor experience at Bletchley Park, the home of World War II code-breaking in the UK. Be careful of those spuds, they might explode. A total of 144 phosphoret grenades ex-World War II vintage were found in the garden of James Duncan, MM0HDW, who came across them while digging in preparation for a new radio transmitter. The Caithness Courier said that the Second World War munitions were destroyed in a controlled burn-off by Northern Constabulary and the Highlands and Islands Fire and Rescue Service. Granddaughter of designer G4ZU gets amateur radio licence. Congratulations to newly licensed amateur Sarah Sippel, M6PSK, who obtained her foundation licence this month. Sarah is the granddaughter of renowned amateur radio operator Gordon Dick Bird, G4ZU. Dick Bird, who sadly passed away in 2005, is best known in the amateur radio community for his innovative HF antenna designs and is credited for the design of the bow and arrow Yagi, the birdcage and the mini beam. The popular multiband spider beam Yagi is also based on a design by Dick Bird, G4ZU. California ham killed in shooting spree. The ARRL report that David Coet, N6DAC, was killed in a shooting incident in Seal Beach, California. The ARRL say a gunman, apparently enraged over a custody dispute with his ex-wife, walked into a hair salon in Seal Beach, California on October 12. Scott Evans Decray allegedly opened fire in the salon, killing eight people, including his ex-wife. David Cowett, N6DAC, who was waiting outside the salon in his car, was killed in the rampage. He was 64. Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and Wonderful file. Weird and Wonderful, and recently our Weird and Wonderful story of the radio prize in Somalia of landmines, grenades and AK-47s as prizes, drew some comment, including news of a Weird and Wonderful radio prize from Canada being offered by Ontario State's Hot 89.9 FM. It's titled, Win a Baby. The station is offering $33,000 worth of fertility treatment to the most deserving listener struggling to conceive. Their website shows a photo of the prize baby with the disclaimer, baby may not be exactly From a From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special events in on-air contest column, dateline 2011. October 22, WIA Jack Files Contest. November 26 and 27, WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. 2012. January, VK Rosshall Memorial VHF UHF Contest. March 17 and 18, VK John Moore Memorial Field Day. June Long Weekend, VK Four Time, VK Shires Contest. 
July, first full weekend, NZAAT Memorial Contest, Antarctic Activity Week. The first teams and individuals are already lining up to be active in the 9th Antarctic Activity Week, which will take place February 20 to 26, 2012. This is an all-bands, almost worldwide amateur radio event celebrating the international scientific work in Antarctica. Certificates may be obtained from the WAP using the QSLs from the WAP reference numbered stations worked. For more details, see the URL in this week's text edition. Best read at wia.org.au. It's only a few months since our RD contest and the results are in. Hello listeners, this is Peter Harding, VK4OD, the WIA RD Contest Manager, with my final report for this year's RD Contest. Well, it's no surprise that VK6 took out the winning state yet again. Statistics-wise for this year, I found a drop of 21% in the number of logs right across the country, except for VK5, who actually increased by 5 logs over last year. Points-wise, a total drop of 16%, with VK6 actually increasing by 21% over last year's contest. We also received some logs this year from P29 and three logs from Zedoland. This week on the WIA website, I have placed a file in PDF format showing the listings of all this year's RD contest logs. The file also shows all the available sections that are able to be entered and who and what points were achieved in each area. If you have any queries, please email me vk4od at wia.org.au and I will do my best to answer your question. Thanks Peter. Now to Special Event Stations DX and Vegan and Net Advice. DXCC News 2011 Yearly Deadline Rapidly Approaching. Bill Moore, NC1L, Awards Branch Manager, reports. This is a reminder that the deadline for the DXCC annual list for the 2011 DXCC yearbook and the honour roll listing scheduled to be published in August 2012 QST is rapidly approaching. In order to appear in these listings upon qualification, you must have your 2011 submission into DXCC by December 31, 2011. As always, all mail postmarked by December 31st will be OK for these listings. Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net this Tuesday. One of the friendliest radio nets in the north of VK4 land happens this Tuesday evening from 7.30pm on the Townsville UHF repeater, the Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net. The net is open to young and old, YLROM, and is a golden opportunity for anyone who needs practice on air to go onto the net as second operator. So join into this Tuesday evening's net and let's see if the YLs can outnumber the OMs. Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone 28 MHz, a lost band The September edition of the International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring System, IRUMS newsletter, asks Is 28 MHz a lost band? The newsletter says 28 MHz, a lost band We found much CB-like traffic, AM, FM, SSB between 28 and 29.7 MHz in September 2011 Origins, Europe Brazil, Far East. Besides that, we observed that the band is still crowded with numerous CIS taxi cabs and FM. The conditions on the upper bands are raising, so we were able to recognise and realise the apocalypse on our exclusive band. 
Many authorities seem to be helpless or not interested in this disaster. Now to Media Watch and Barry Robinson. A look inside Amateur Radio magazine for November. A full rundown on the IARU Region 3 AARDF Championship by Jack Rabin, VK3 W, who was the organiser with lots of competitors and helpers. The Amateur Radio community has a golden opportunity available with New South Wales Department of Planning looking to make radio mass laws more flexible. In the column VHF, UHF and Expanding World, we are reminded that the spring field days on November the 26th and 27th. The first WIA DXCC on 2 metres, digital and lots more. Remember State Contest Award winners are VK6 and Peter Harding, VK4OD, reveals the full results. The 31st Alara contest results are there too. The VK3 notes has a montage of things past as the Amateur Radio Victoria centenary rolls on. We will have more next week, all parts of the WIA membership service. And Amateur Radio magazine is also at selected news agents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. A reminder that the AMSAT VK unofficial HF net is on the second Sunday of each month, November through March at 0900 hours UTC on a frequency of 7.068 MHz. CWSRM Nanosat Decoding Software. The CubeSat project team in the University of Khartoum have made available the software to decode the telemetry beacon of the new amateur radio satellite built by the SRM University. The telemetry decoding software was developed by the university students for studying the University of Khartoum Cube Satellite telemetry data. That's KNSAT1. It's now been modified to handle SRM VU data. Download the software at the URL in this week's text edition of the WIA National News Service, best read at www.wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Scouting, JOTA and the Melbourne Electronics and Radio Club. A video shows the VK3 CRG portable HF setup used by the Melbourne Electronics and Radio Club for JOTA 2011. The club used a Buddy Pole Deluxe and a Kenwood TS590 to show the Jota participants what portable HF amateur radio is all about. A great day was had by all attendees who were also treated to fox hunting and Morse code battleships. Watch Jota Jamboree of the Year 2011 Melbourne Electronics and Radio Club on the club's homepage. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio and the latest news from Flood Hit Thailand. The death toll from the most devastating flooding to hit Thailand in over 60 years following heavy rain since last July has now risen to almost 300. Nearly 3 million people are said to have been affected by the floods and the disaster has caused serious damage to the country's agriculture. Industries are in suspension, such as motor vehicle firms Toyota, Sony and Honda, along with Western Digital and many other factories to the north of Bangkok. Damage so far has been assessed at more than 20 billion baht and 26 out of the country's 77 provinces are affected. Bangkok is bracing for a large amount of water runoff that will coincide with seasonal high tides making it harder for the floodwaters to flow out to the sea. 
Amateur Radio has been assisting with flood relief communications, helping victims in affected areas. In use by HAMS is the Radio Amateur Society of Thailand RAST Club Station call sign HS0AC and a special flood relief centre with the call sign HS0AB has been established at Bangkok's Don Wang Airport. Please be advised that Thai radio amateurs are standing by on 144.900 MHz, 145.0 MHz and 144.9375 MHz VHF as well as on the frequencies of 7.063 and 7.060 MHz in the 40 meter HF band. RAST is actively assisting in flood relief operations, and the Society is accepting donations by bank transfer to its savings account. The details are in the text edition of the news service. There is also a video showing activities at the special flood relief amateur radio station at Don Wang Airport. That video can be viewed in the news release on the WIA website. RAST is also posting information about developments to its own website at www.qsl.net forward slash RAST, R-A-S-T. RAST would like to thank the IARU in advance for notifying member societies of the disaster and the emergency frequencies being used to help flood victims in Thailand at this time. Owing to the volume of water and continuing rainfall, this emergency is likely to continue for many more days and will notify the IARU Region 3 once things return to normal. And thanks to the guys there helping with the flood relief for that news report. Alright, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, as they say, that takes us to the end of WIA National News for yet another week. November 26-27 is the big one, the Spring VHF-UHF Field Day. That's the next one coming up. So until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.